Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Crimeland. I'm Chini Che. And if you enjoy this episode, I'd really appreciate if you could rate or review it on iTunes, as that really helps with world domination. This week, I'm talking to the wonderful... Fiona Frawley. Yay! About Anna Delphi or Anna Swarkin, aka the fake heiress. Are you excited, Fiona? I am so excited. I love Fiona. Fiona's a very funny comic. You probably have encountered her if you've ever been to Cherry Comedy in Whelan's. Yeah, I mean, I do frequent that. You you are quite fond of the club, aren't you, Fiona? I do, I do. I'm a a fan. uh, You're a big fan. And you're you're a wonderful MC there. You often MC it. Thank you very much. Yes, you're really course. great. So Fiona's Fiona's really brilliant. We're delighted to have her on today. I'm sure you're probably familiar with the story, or are you? I know you just got usual about it there. Isn't that bad? Brilliant, I really fantastic. Well, we're getting in here first because apparently Netflix are in the running to do a thing on Anna Swarkin, aka Anna Delvey, aka Fake Arrest, and also Jennifer Lawrence is in talks to do a movie. So we're really ahead of the game here, Fiona. Like. They they were on to me as well about it. Um, I mean, like you do often, yourself and Jennifer often come head to head for roles. Yeah, it was the same with the Hunger Games. Um, but I just said, look, I'll let you have it. I'm sure. And you know what? You you were better off because for me, I know this is controversial, but Hunger Games, not a fan. Oh really? Yeah, I liked the books. Did like the Elsie and Collins, but movie wise, wouldn't have been for me. Would you have been a fan of the Hunger Games? Um, yeah, the books I enjoyed. Um, and I think, yeah, I did like the films as well. I I remember not being too arsed with the final films. 
But the first and second, definitely. Yeah. I mean, well, to be fair, I probably watched 10 minutes of the first one, so I probably shouldn't just kind of, you know, make a sweeping statement about an entire franchise. But I will. You've made up your mind now. I've made up my mind. Come here. Is this Anna? Did you watch Gossip Girl? Oh, do you know what? I watched it a little bit back in the day. Okay. There was there was a storyline. Like there was oh wait. wait it's it kinda sounds like this, but I can't Well, remember. so this would have been this would have been post Gossip Girl, but it probably would have been kind of Gossip Girl kind of vibes. So yeah, wealthy, wealthy good looking young people hanging out in Manhattan. And getting into scam. trouble. Yeah, getting scammed, yeah, getting into that. trouble. Okay, so okay. Anna Swarikin said was born in Russia and she grew up in Germany where her father uh, her father had worked uh, at a transport company, which eventually became insolvent. Her life was ordinary and suburban, and Anna balked at the mediocrity of it all. At 19, she left her parents and her brother for London in pursuit of a fashion degree at St. Martin's, which she didn't finish. College dropout, I can kind of empathise with her there. Yeah, we feel that. We feel Ugh, that fun. We feel, yes. Yeah. So she then turned her sights on Paris, where she banked herself an internship at Hot Trap magazine Purple. Miss Swarikin, who spoke, who speaks currently, she would only speak very vaguely about her childhood, said she was not close to her conservative parents and they did not attend her trial. Uh, so in Paris, she said that she took on the name Anna Delvey and she basically created this new identity for herself. So when shooting photographs for Purple, a fashion and arts and culture magazine, she also ingratiated herself with the boss of the magazine, which is always a good move. And then her attentions turned to art. She only earned 400 euros a month. So living in Paris, oh, not a lot really. So she remained financially dependent on her parents who paid for her apartment and also gave an allowance so fairly sound I think the parents very sound them. they're obviously uh, supporters of the art well I think that she I think initially anyway she was just quite spoiled by the parents they weren't wealthy like they were just yeah. like your typical they were a middle class family and you know yeah. they, they were happy to fund her for a period but then Anna just took it to extremes so she was going out with this fella broke up with him like the rest of us you go through a mad breakup she went to New York in the summer of 2013 for a trip and fashion week and all that and it wasn't supposed to be a permanent move but she decided to stay supported financially of course by her increasingly frustrated and strained parents yeah for a while, she worked at Purple's New York office, but eventually she quit that too. Staying at the exclusive 11 Howard Hotel in Soho, she befriended the concierge, a girl called Nev Davis, who was struck by Anna's seeming endless ability to dispense with cash like it was going out of fashion. She gave to everyone, said Nev. Uber drivers, $100 cash, meals. Listen, you know how you reach for your credit card. She would never let you. The way Anna spent money, it was like she couldn't get rid of it fast enough. Her room was overflowing with shopping bags and in between meetings she would invite Nev, this girl working at the hotel, to foot massages, cry... Now, I'm not sure what this is. Cryotherapy? Oh. Well, will you Google it? I don't know. Would it involve crying? It's C-R-Y-O-T... Well, C-R-Y-O and then therapy. Therapy. All words. One word. 
sounds like some American site, as my father would say. Oh, hang on. I mean, it it does sound Humber. pretty American. Yeah, uh, whole body cry. Okay, that's kind of what I cryotherapy. Look, they have it on South William Street. So we oh well, them. I mean. To be honest, yeah. Fiona, if they were um, going to oh, have it on any street, they're in they'd have it on St. William Street. Exactly. It looks like they're being cooked. Oh, like, God. Okay. Sorry, let's play a video. They look like they're in a big saucepan and there's steam coming out of it. Oh, so you're basically, is it that you're kind of like one of those yozas? Do you know, like Ooh. a yoza, you get like a little steamed dumpling. I thought that's what you were saying. I was like, oh, do you know like, what? This is so weird. I know what this is now because weirdly, in a strange twist of faith, I've Emma introduced me, Emma Doran introduced me to Working Moms on Netflix, which is very good. And they were doing this cr- weird kind of like, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was this weird kind of like hydrotherapy thing. And I wasn't sure what it was, but this was obviously cryotherapy. Okay, yeah, well that's what this looks like. It's a full body thing. Yeah, they're in a they're in a bath, but it looks like a saucepan. Yes, that's exactly what they had in working moms as well. So look, that's what Anna was into. She was treating the concierge by a, a girl to a little a little a little steam dumpling, a little a little bath time, and she was also buying her manicures. She, so she was kind of the the hotel guest that she wanted to have if you were working in a hotel. A lot she of them. Yeah, Fiona. She was her sugar daddy. Yeah, she was. Do you know what? There was an element of that. Like she was completely trying to buy her friendship, one hundred percent. A lot of Nev's colleagues were not as enamoured with Anna, for whom the words "please" and "thank you" appear to not be part of a front. Yeah, do you think you're one? (laughs) Well, I think I guess you know what. I guess you probably don't need "please" and "thank you" in your vocabulary if you're going to be tipping people a hundred dollars a pop. Yeah, fuck it. She could say what she wants. Like, Even though, yeah. you know what, I find it's such a turn off of people. It's such a pet peeve of mine when people don't use please and thank you. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. It costs nothing. Not that that would have been an issue for Anna. But... Oh, well played. Well played, oh, yeah. Fiona. So she managed to be in all, all of the right sort of places. Recalled one acquaintance who met Anne in 2015 at a party thrown by a startup mogul in Berlin. She was wearing really fancy clothes and someone mentioned she flew in on a private jet. It was unclear where Anna came from. She told people she was from Cologne, but her German wasn't very good. I mean, if you're going to lie about being from Cologne... Don't, you know, don't say it unless you're fluent in German. Um, German ready to go. Because because she did move to Cologne when she was 16, but she moved from Russia and just never, she never really picked up the language because I guess she was just at that age where she was kind of only going to be there for a couple of years anyway. Um, So she never told people what the source of her wealth was, but the acquaintance continued. That wasn't unusual. There are so many trust fund kids running around Manhattan. Everyone is your best friend and you don't know a thing about anyone. Yeah, of course. So it is that gossip girl kind of, yeah, like rich kids running riot kind of thing. Yeah, parents know where to be. Yeah. So after a gallerist at Pace introduced her to Michael Zufu Hu Wang, the extremely young dapper art collector, Anna proposed that they go together to Venice. 
Huang thought it was a little weird when Huang, Anna asked him to book the plane tickets and hotel on his credit card. But I was like, okay, whatever, he said. It was also strange, he noticed during their time in Venice at the Biennale, that Anna only ever paid with cash. And when they got back, she seemed to conveniently forget that she'd said she'd pay him back. It was not a lot of money, he said, like two or three thousand dollars. Oh, which we're all happy to part with, you know. <laughs> so like, just short change. Yeah, just something that, get it back to me whenever, or don't worry about it. It gets yeah. to the stage where, like, if it's been a week, and then if it's been two weeks, you can't be asking for three grand back. Like, you just look like... It's embarrassing. It's like, yeah, you don't want to yeah. appear tight. So after a while, which says a lot about Huang's personal wealth, uh, he also conveniently forgot that Anna owed him this money. The following January, Anna hired a PR firm to put together a birthday party at one of her favourite restaurants, Saddles in Soho. It was a lot of very cool, very successful people, said Huang, who, while aware Anna owed him money for their Venice trip, remained mostly unconcerned about it, at least until the restaurant, having seen Polaroids of Huang and Anna at at the party on Instagram, DM'd him a few days later. So they were like, do you have her contact info, he says, because she didn't pay her bill. And that's when I realised, oh, my God, she is not legit. Right. Okay. So isn't that your worst nightmare that, you know, the way you just get randomly thrown into these photos of people on Instagram and then you get DM'd about the bill? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what would be the chances? You're like, I only went to this fucking party to get the tag in. You're like, listen, I don't know that bitch. And I'm only gasping to get in anyone's Instagram, like, just because, you know, I like to attend. But it would be the one. It'd be the one you'd get in that they'd be like, look, you're responsible for that person's (laughs) building. That would definitely be my luck. (laughs) Oh, I mean, honestly, and your poor old Michael, sure, he she owed him three grand. Yeah. So Anna also had a boyfriend during this time who was now I've no idea what this is, but he was something called a futurist uh, who'd been profiled in The New Yorker. And basically the two of them were like this kind of team. They show up places where these like really rich people would hang out. Um, They had fancy dinners. They hung out in fancy hotels. And the futurist, the boyfriend, would talk about this app that he was mad to produce. And he got a lot of people, of course, um, uh, to fund it. And surprise, surprise, the app never materialized. And in 2016, Anna and the boyfriend uh, broke up and Anna moved back to New York on her own, determined to start what she called, wait for it, don't accuse her of narcissism, the Anna Delvey Foundation. (gasps) No, I think that's a great name. I mean, it's not it does her sound real good. So no. it's not narcissistic. Well, actually, do you know what? You're actually, if you, if you want to be clever about it, you're spot on, Fiona. That's a re- that's a real legal mind you have. Thanks. Thank you very much. Oh, that's very that's very clever. Now I never would have thought of it like that, but you're right. Through her connections, she befriended Gabriel Calatrava, one of oh, the sons oh. of famed architect Santiago. His family's real estate advisory company, Calatrava Grace, had helped her secure the lease, she told people, on the perfect space 
for her Anna Delvey Foundation. 45,000 square feet occupying six floors of the historic Church Missions House, which was a landmark building on the corner of Park Avenue and 22nd, being sold for the very cool asking price of $25 million. Oh, look, if that's what you need, that's what you need. Well, I mean, you know what? What a girl wants. Like, that was just, you know, when you set your heart on something, like, she just really wanted this space. Yeah, look, it's just money at the end of the day. You had a connection to that. Yeah, and you know what? I was kind of into when I was, I won't bore you with the description, but, like, the description of what this foundation was going to be, I was like, I would totally go there for the tag. (laughs) So, like, the first floor was going to be, like, a bakery and a juice bar. My dream. And then the second floor was going to be, like, an art gallery, and the top floor then was going to be, like, a restaurant. I was like, amazing. And where does foundation come into it because that makes me think it's going to be some sort of charity but it just well you you would think charity but actually what it was was just going to be this arts center so it would have been a center for the arts right Uh, yeah so it just you know what I mean so like in a similar way you might say the RT orchestra is a charity like it's not you know what I mean like you can look for contributions all you want but this this is just kind of your whim here yeah, and famously, we don't pack the arts. So, like, yeah. Well, currently, in the current climate, I think we're all losing faith in the arts. I guess. Sorry, just in case anyone thinks I'm serious. I'm not serious. No, it goes out saying this, look, Crimeland is drenched with cynicism. It's just, okay. that's just our go-to. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, to help secure the loan... Anna was put in touch with Joe Cohen, who was best known for being prosecutor of Jordan Belfort. He was the inspiration behind Wolf of Wall Street. Great film. Yeah. He directed her to a guy called Andy Lance. He approached the National Bank and Fortress Investment Group on her behalf, explaining that Anna's $60 million net worth was being held in a trust fund in Switzerland and putting forward her family accountant, Peter Henek, as a contact point. So this guy, Andy Lance, really went out on a limb for Anna. Yeah, Jesus, what did he have to gain? Or was he just... Well, I think I think Anna from reading up on her it seemed like she was very beguiling so she really just she was very charismatic very persuasive and very charming so it seemed like don't want to make this gendered but it did seem like men were particularly susceptible to her charms okay I'm with you I'm I'm yeah combine what you're saying not and like not in like a sexual way but I think that she just found it easier to manipulate them so this guy in particular she managed to convince him oh yeah just you know I'm actually worth 60 million but unfortunately it's in a trust fund so I can't access the money yet so I'm going to need you to help me out so I can like buy this building where I want to have my foundation of course Yeah, it's all making a lot of sense. So by December, City National, the bank, had turned down her loan request. But Andy Lance continued to reach out to hedge funds and banks for alternate financing. In the meantime, Anna was having cash flow issues of her own. One night, Anna asked Nev, her friend from the concierge in uh, 11 Howard Hotel, to dinner at St. Ambrose in Soho, where Anna's card was declined. Oh, we've all been there. Oh, we have. Oh, and I, I, more often than I would care to admit. Here, 
she told the waiter, handing him a list of credit card numbers. The waiter went back to his station and then began entering the numbers, Nev said. There were like 12 and I know the guy tried them all. He was trying it and then shaking his head. And then I started to sweat because I knew the bill was mine. While the amount $286 was a fraction of what Anna usually spent, it was a lot for Nev, who quietly transferred the money from her savings to cover the bill. Doing so, yeah, I mean, like, especially when you're working a concierge, like, that's huge money. Doing so made her really uncomfortable, but she kind of just felt she had to because Anna had been spoiling her so much, financially speaking, and she felt it was her turn. Yeah, ah, Jesus, but, like, you know... You can't give all that to someone you know isn't on the same money as you. No. Yeah. And it's, it's well, also, it just, you know, she's she is just kind of a manipulative person, Anna. And there seems to be, throughout these stories, there's a, there's a real lack of empathy in, in terms of, like, maybe the other person isn't in a position to pay for my lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. She's just, she is just a bit egocentric, I think. So not long after, Nev's manager at the hotel called her and asked her to address an issue. It seemed like the hotel, 11 Howard, didn't have a credit card on file for Anna Delvey. Because the hotel had been so new when she had arrived and because she'd been staying for such an unusually long time, it had agreed to accept a wire transfer. But a month and a half later, no such transfer had arrived. And now Anna owed the hotel some $30,000, including charges from Le Cuckoo restaurant that she'd been billing to her room. Oh, for Jay's sake. But you, you, you can't be room service, though. No, no, I, I get where she was coming from. Such a treat. Nev wasn't sure what to think. She was sure Anna was good for the money because the day after the restaurant tobacco when she'd had to pay for the meal, Anna had come back in and paid her triple in cash. So she'd actually paid back the cost of the dinner times three in cash. So Nev was like, oh, no, like she's totally cool for the money. Yeah, cool. When Anna came by her desk the next day, Nev took her side and told her that the management had said Anna needed to pay her bill. There was a wire transfer on the way, Anna told her. It should arrive soon. Then, about halfway into her shift, Anna came by the desk again and told Nev to ex- expect a package. When the package arrived, she opened it up and it was a bottle of 1975 Dom Perignon with Anna's instructions to distribute it among the staff. But regardless of this gesture, the rest of the hotel still went after her and said, look, we need the money or we're locking you out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, a bottle of Prosecco. You're grand, A bottle of Prosecco can forgive a lot of sins, but I think $30,000 of a hotel bill, it's just not going to cut it really. Unfortunately not. So then something unbelievable happened. Citibank. So by the way, a lot of financial institutions come off really bad in the story. Bear in mind, this is a girl who's just blagging. Like she is absolutely nothing. She's coming from like completely ordinary suburban like Germany. Obviously, she's originally Russian, but has lived in Germany for the last couple of years as a teenager. She is not like she's totally spoofing. So something unbelievable happened then. Citibank sent 11 Howard Hotel a wire transfer on behalf of Miss Anna Delvey for $30,000. Stop. Yes, yeah, so they Stop. covered it. 
how or why or what so basically she she just she just very much kind of like she was very persuasive and uh, there's a very good podcast actually actually i'll just mention my three sources at the moment at, 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 at this very moment in case i forget so the first one is the cut there was a great article in that the next one was new york times and the third source i used was there's this really good podcast called fake rs so they it's like a six or seven parter they go into a lot more detail but what was really clear from that podcast was she just was unbelievable at manipulating people so she would ring these banks and say listen it's going to be a massive mistake if you don't fund me now because then I'm not going to come to you and my trust fund is released and I'm 60 million dollars better off it just sounds like peak Celtic Tiger days here Really, I know it's well. It's like I put out a tweet there a few weeks ago, but it was there. I mean, I I was going to say there was such truth in it. Can you say that about your own tweet? <laughs> there was such truth in my tweet. Um, but I, it was it kind of reminds me of like drunk internet shopping in two thousand and four consisted of getting a hundred and ten percent mortgage. I saw that actually. I love that. Yeah, it's, it, this is giving me real hundred and ten percent mortgage vibe. Yeah, but I mean, this was not like this was only like this was post economic collapse. So you would think that they would be a little bit more careful, but apparently not the case. Like she was just blacking left, right and center. A few weeks later, Anna told Nev she was going to Omaha for an investment conference and she flew there having somehow managed to rent a private jet. jet. So she flew to Nebraska on a private jet. But... She was off in Omaha doing her thing, looking for investment in this Anna Delvey Foundation, which she was still adamant was happening. There was still a problem, though, with her account at the 11 Howard Hotel. Despite being repeatedly asked by hotel management, she still hadn't given them a working credit card and her charges were just mounting up. Following through on their warning, hotel employees changed the code on her room and put all her things in storage. Nev texted Anna to tell her like what had happened and then Anna got back to the hotel. She was absolutely incandescent with rage. She then went off, which was, she told them she was going to do this and she did do it. She was going to tell the staff and particularly the managers, specifically the managers, that she was going to purchase web domains in all of the managers' names, which was a trick that she had learned from a business <laughs> Oh my god, what a mean like threat. I it, but like it's just it's it's mad, but she did actually do it then. She went off and she put all these uh, web domains. So she said they're gonna pay me one day. And then when she was moving out, uh, she said so she said she told them that she was gonna be moving out as well as soon as she got back from Morocco. So she said that she had been inspired by Chloe Kardashian, which Again, guilty as charged. Yeah, no, we all relate. Yeah. So she inspired by Chloe Kardashian, she she'd reserved a seven thousand dollar a night Riyadh with a private butler. Because you need the private butler, otherwise what's the point? No, like if you're tired after the journey, you you just need that bit of help. Um, you do you, you do need a bit of help so at uh, Le Mounia which was a really fancy resort in Marrakesh and she asked Nev if she wanted to join herself her trainer a girl called Rachel Williams who will be very important she was a Vanity Fair photo editor and a videographer who she was hoping would make a quote behind the scenes documentary about the process of creating her arts foundation on a vacation 
okay I would love to have this self-belief she's got such balls I mean there is something admirable there really is well, I mean, I can't even go to Delhi and order a sandwich without apologising. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but is there any chance you can make me a sandwich? I'm like, the woman is standing there with a butter knife. Like, yeah, I can. Like, to think that not only you're going to open just a restaurant and bakery named after you, like, and no one, well, I guess a few people, like, in your immediate circle know you, but not only you're going to do that, you're also thinking that people are going to watch a documentary about that that's like, how big it's gonna be it's this is like documentary stuff yeah but now she actually said which i thought i think is a good tip to take from this she said she went off so she was like you should come with us but she had a funny feeling she chatted to her mother about it and her mother told her nothing in life is free so nev decided to stay behind in other words you have to just listen to your mom yeah that was sound advice like well it, it it certainly was when you hear about what's to come. So two days into the holiday, after coming down with a nasty case of food poisoning, her trainer had gone back to New York early. About a week later, the trainer got a call from Anna, who was alone at the Four Seasons Hotel in Casablanca and was hysterical. She said there was a problem with her bank and her credit cards weren't working and the hotel was threatening to call the police. After calming Anna down a little bit, the trainer asked to speak to the hotel. They said as well that she was going to be arrested. So the trainer, which I cannot believe, but she gave the hotel her credit card number. Now, just to say she did, this trainer, which interestingly in all the court documents and stuff, this lady wasn't named, but the reason reason she wasn't named was because she was basically this celebrity trainer who was supposed to have worked in the way like Dakota Johnson and stuff so she had been like she had been giving um Anna Delvey like one-to-one lessons and private classes and all that obviously Anna paying through the roof so I think she just doesn't want to be associated with the story but like she was you know she was a wealthy trainer but unbelievably she actually did give her credit card details they wouldn't work. So then, which I could not believe, she actually tried to give, she called a friend and she got the friend to give her credit card information. So this is the trainer, which I just couldn't believe. The trainer's friend. Yeah. So this person is like, re, yeah. But luckily, which was like, yeah, with, this was very fortuitous now for the, for these people involved because basically there was some problem with the system and the hotel were like obviously basically the credit cards wouldn't work and they said look it might be a problem in their end but it turned out they she had been really lucky this trainer because when Anna came back on the phone the trainer told her she said look we're booking you a ticket back to New York and Anna which I just think is gas said thanks and then said couldn't can you get me first class I would expect nothing less I actually would have been annoyed if she hadn't asked that and you know, yeah. do you know what? You know, when people are so cheeky, I do find like the world kind of follows suit because, you know, when you're so dumbfounded by this level of cheekiness, you yeah. do kind of cave into it. Yeah. And you think like, am I am I making some mistakes like by not asking for these things? You know, like maybe, yeah. I, maybe you just it's, ask for what you can get for what you can get. 
I well, I think Anna had a lot of chutzpah and she really got an awful lot, like, and it was just pure bossiness. So Anna basically said, "Look, she came back to New York and she said, that's it. I've said that I'm leaving the Eleven Howard, so I'm gone.'" She moved to the Beekman Hotel, she told Nev, who was uh, her little buddy. And the troubles, however, of course, didn't stop there. Not only did she owe the hotel money, but also over in London, she'd hired this designer. He was coming back to her saying that she owed him £17,000. She again what? promised it would a- what arrive by a wire, but it hadn't actually materialised. And, and now emails to Anna's financial advisor. So this guy who um, Andy Lance had told all these like New York financial institutions, look, if you want to just verify that this woman is good for the money, you need to get in touch with her accountant, Peter Hanek. So emails to this guy were now bouncing back. And Anna said, Peter has passed in an email. She said, Peter passed away last month. Please refrain from contacting or mentioning any communication with him going forward. Oh, see, she's she's inventive. Well, yeah. So she's she's now saying, look, uh, that and that accountant that you never spoke to when you only spoke to by email. He totally existed. But just, you know, he's he's dead dead now. He's passed. He's not with us anymore. Yeah, so let's move on. So things were just going from bad for bad to worse for Anna Delvey in New York. 20 days into her stay at the Beekman Hotel. So they kind of got on this a lot quicker than the 11 Howard. Having realised they didn't have a credit card on file and not having received the promised wire transfer of her balance, which in this hotel was just near, it was just over $12,000, locked Anna out of her room and confiscated her belongings. A subsequent two-day stay at the W Hotel ended in a similar way, and by the 5th of July, Anna was essentially homeless and was wandering the streets in threadbare Alexander Wang sportswear. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So sad. Oh, what a way to be by the world. I just put this thing. Oh, I mean, it was threadbare, Fiona. Threadbare. Oh, well, poor Anna. So mortifying. Late one night, she made her way to the trainer's apartment and dialed her from the outside. I'm right near your building, she said. Do you think we could talk? The trainer was in the middle of the day, a middle of a date, but she thought Anna just sounded really upset. So she said, look, come on in. And she went down to the lobby where she find, found Anna bawling, crying. And Anna said, look, I'm trying to do this thing, but it's so, so hard. Okay. 
<laughs> obviously referring to this foundation by the way you know it's not like she's suddenly taken up a job working in a mine so oh, maybe she should talking about trying to wear the threadbare Alexander oh wine. probably a bit of that I'd say as well but it, she very much felt and again they kind of talk about it in this other podcast but she felt very vilified and like why won't people just give me the money like there was a real yeah. sense of entitlement this is just too difficult so yeah. the trainer suggested she call her family but Anna said no I can't because my parents are in Africa p.s I'm pretty sure they have telephones in Africa um yeah. but she then of course was like do you mind if I crash at your place tonight the trainer was like, look, I have a date. Anna was like, I really don't want to be alone. I might do something, which is always a get your way card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we relate. We've all been there. So the trainer was like, look, what can I say? OK, grand. She made her up a bed for that evening. And as Anna slept, the trainer started to realise that something was up. And then the trainer went on to say, I mean, I'm born and raised in New York. I'm not stupid. She texted Rachel Williams, who was, of course, had been with uh, the group in Morocco. And the trainer had had to come home early and Rachel told her the whole story. Apparently, after the trainer had returned to New York, the credit card Anna had used to book the hotel was found to be non-functional. Anna wasn't able to produce another credit card. And then a pair of really threatening kind of, I suppose, kind of like heavies kind of arrived at the hotel. And they were essentially like, you're not getting out of here until you pay this bill. Which was unbelievable. Do you want to take a guess what the bill was at this point? Um, was it like a hundred? So it was like it was like a it was like a week's holiday. It was sixty two thousand dollars. Oh yeah, this is the Morocco one. Yeah, so this is the Morocco. Yeah, the Morocco hotel. They've been there for a week, and it was gonna it was coming in at sixty two thousand. So they basically said, "You are as a group are not leaving this hotel until this bill is paid." So Anna was like, "Look, would you mind?" And I'll sort it out with you later. So. I guess, like, for Rachel, <laughs> yeah, but Rachel Williams, she got a lot of, I kind of felt bad for her because she was getting a lot of flack after this because people were like, why would you put 62000 She actually put the, had to put the money on, wait for it, a work credit card. Sorry, what is wrong with everyone in this? I know, but you know what? I guess when you're in a foreign country and we know Americans don't travel a lot. So you're in a foreign country and people are like, you are not leaving here until you pay the bill. I guess it is an intimidating situation. Yeah, you're like, OK, I'll see what I have in the confirmation account. <laughs> the old credit union account. The old oh, Ulster Bank God. was always my forgotten account with the Hippo Bank. Oh yeah, Look, <laughs> I will. I'm not. I'm not again tapping into it in an emergency. If someone needs sixty-two grand, I'll help. Well, this poor photo editor, Rachel Williams, like she really couldn't afford this because that was no more than the rest of us. That was more than she was paid in a year. Um, but she look was like, I, what else can I do? Anna again had pro- promised her the old reliable wire transfer. But a month later, after they come back from the holiday. All Rachel had received was $5,000 and Rachel had said that her excuses had turned, quote, Kafka-esque. What-esque? Kafka-esque. So what? really complicated. Okay, okay. I'm like just really, much. well, I, I, I think Kafka-esque, it's probably been a long time since I've used it in conversation, but it's definitely our word of the day, isn't it? 
it is definitely like I like to yeah. learn so she was the story was getting a bit mad the following morning the trainer said look this is it she uh, said to Anna look uh, you've got to sort yourself out set a clear boundary when Anna walked out the door she left her laptop behind but the trainer was like no 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 you're not coming back into the apartment she left her computer at the front desk and texted Anna to say she could pick it up from there that evening her trainer got a call from her doorman Anna was in the lobby he told her that the trainer was out at which point she'd asked for access to her apartment oh Anna, no. Yeah. When he refused, Anna said she'd wait for the trainer to come home. And basically, Anna didn't budge until after midnight. Oh, God. And is your one upstairs the whole time? She was upstairs and she said to the doorman, let me know when she's gone. And she basically didn't leave until after midnight. And then when she left, the trainer got a bit freaked out and was like, "Okay, what is she up to now? So she started calling hotels to see where she was staying. And each hotel was like, oh, yeah, this girl's. They knew all about her. Uh, She found out why later that month, because both the Beekman and the W Hotel filed charges against Anna for theft of services. And also in this like tabloid in New York called The Post, there was this headline, wannabe socialite busted for skipping out on pricey hotel bills, which referenced an instant where Anna had attempted to leave a restaurant without paying. And her, her quote was, why are you making a big deal about this? She'd said to the police, give me five minutes and I can get a friend to pay. Her trainer then organized an intervention where herself and Rachel Williams met with Anna at a restaurant to try to get answers. When they told her, $25 million property but at least Anna's world fell bar- apart unbelievably up until that moment she still thought the Anna Delvey Foundation was going to happen okay so right. pretty delusional yeah yeah she's- as it turned out yeah As it turned out, Anna's hotel bills were just the tip of the iceberg of fraudulent activity. Everything started to unravel in November after she submitted documents claiming a net worth of 60 million in Swiss accounts to City National Bank in pursuit of a 22 million dollar loan. The following month, she submitted the same documents to Fortress to get a 25 million dollar loan. After that bank asked her for 100 thousand dollars to perform due diligence, she unbelievably managed to come a representative at City National to give her a loan of $100,000 even though she had no like discernible money to speak of I'm just look she, she's not really the one at fault here to be honest like, well a lot of people are coming off bad aren't they really yeah yeah like come on now Yeah, so she then sent the money to Fortress. And so then apparently spooked by the fact. So Fortress were like, yeah, no problem. So these were the guys that she had applied, like even having the audacity to apply for a $25 million loan. But they were like, listen, we just need to see 100 grand in an account. So she got a loan of 100 grand to put it in the account. And then they rang her and they said, that's all cool. Now what we do at this point is we're going to send someone to Switzerland just to check that everything's up to you know up to scratch with this 60 million dollars and she freaked 
Yeah. Okay. Avo. So she Avo freaked, withdrew herself from the process, wired the remaining $55,000 to Citibank account, which she then used for personal expenses. In April, she deposited $160,000 worth of bad checks into the same account and managed to withdraw $70,000 before they were returned, which is how she managed to pay off the 11 Howard Hotel. Okay. So just a lot of financial messiness and forgery. Okay, I just, <laughs> she just it is mad. In May, so you re- remember when she had gone off to Omaha on the yep. private jet? It turned out again she had had no money whatsoever, but she convinced the company Blade to let her fly the plane and again promised them a wire transfer. And what she had, she had the business card of the CEO of the company who she'd met in passing at Soho House, but says she hadn't, he hadn't actually known her at all. Uh, So that's how she managed to blag a free $35,000 journey. Uh, Anna's family advisor, the late Peter Henek, seems to have been completely made up character. His, uh, His mobile phone then obviously turned out just to be a burner phone from the supermarket and later in the summer with her misdemeanor charges pending Anna deposited two bad checks into an account in Signature Bank netting her $8,200 which is how she managed to take what she said was a planned trip to California so in the midst of all this her world is falling apart she's like you know what I need a bit of a holiday I need to get out of here I need a bit of fun I mean it sounds stressful to be fair to Anna the vitamin D tablets don't always cut it. Like, you need the real thing. Yeah. And in the end, which I guess we get, we do, you know, obviously get it from, we do obviously get Rachel Williams' perspective here. So she was pissed, like really pissed off. Hmm. She was still owed $62,000. So she embarked on a sting with the police. Because yeah. Anna was holed up in a private rehab facility, the FBI could not enter the property to arrest her. So they found out that Anna was staying in this place called um, Passages in Malibu. (coughs) Oh God, sorry for the cough and the current climate. So they needed to get her out of the building in order to arrest her. So Rachel was like, you know what? I'll text Anna. So she texted Anna. She said she was in California and she wanted to reconcile. Would she meet her to chat? Anna happily agreed And she was arrested immediately upon exiting the rehab facility and brought back to New York to face six counts of grand larceny, attempted grand larceny, theft of services and a host of fraudulent claims as well. Yeah. Okay. so. Right. So Rachel Stunger. Well, nobody knows. She went to this facility, which is like a rehab centre, but I think she just wanted to get away and escape. Okay, okay. So it was. So I think I think she just yeah I think she just wanted to get away from the world. So I should say oh, I did say that. So it was grand larceny, attempted grand larceny, and theft of services were actually the charges that were brought against her. Ahead of the trial, she was offered a plea deal with a sentence of three to nine years in prison, but she considered that too long, and she said she'd take her chances on the trial. Although she was sentenced to longer term, she said she did not regret going to trial. The yeah. thing is, she wanted her moment. That's exactly what I was going to say. You, you're not doing all this for nothing. You want the bit of drama. like. Yeah, well, she and also one of the things at the time, 
she actually weirdly got an awful lot of people to um, provide her with very fashionable outfits for court. So that became a bit of a thing where she would delay court proceedings because people, her stylist hadn't brought her, her outfit yet. So that kind of became a bit of a, I guess it was it was a subject of interest in a lot of media stuff. And then it's like, you know, there were all these like Instagram accounts, what Alex Sorowarkin wears and that kind of thing. So people became very obsessed with her aesthetic. Yeah, because I was just looking at some of the pictures of the court cases and she did look quite glad. Yeah, that was a big thing for her. Like the image side of it was massive. Um, But she was just bowed. Like she would delay the court on multiple occasions. She had to be reprimanded by the judge for delaying the court because she was just perfecting her look. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it's got to be, you don't know what in court. Is it like a day look? Is it an evening look? Like It's, it's hard to know. Yeah, it just takes time to get that right. So. Yeah, but it, it was, I mean, the outfits were great. I'll give her that. Yeah, I'm sure the judge understood to an extent. They're like, look, I, slap on the wrist, but I do get it. I mean, you'd hope so, but I think I do think after a while they were just starting to get really pissed off with Anna. Maybe the looks weren't good enough for how long she was taking. Well, actually, that's a fair point, because a lot of it was quite plain in a good way. <laughs> Because if she came out and looked absolutely show-stopping, they'd be like, okay, okay. Like a Deb's dress. Yeah. yeah. Like, this makes sense. Yeah, half up, half down, and maybe like a feather boa, you know, but a classy one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Something a bit different. Just, yeah, you're right. Very, yeah. I think it needed to be more showstopper to warrant, to warrant the delays. So the thing is, I'm not sorry, Anna said. A yeah. day after she was sentenced to four to 12 years in prison. Uh, so she said this in court. I'd be lying to you and to everyone else and to myself if I said I was sorry for anything. I regret the way I went about certain things. So she was just bowed to the very end. She said she'd always intended to pay back her creditors, which included obviously the two hotels, the private jet company and the banks. In all, the jury found Miss Farrakhan had conned these places out of of more than $200,000 and also tried to dupe a hedge fund into giving her a $25 million uh, loan. Of Rikers Prison, which is obviously where she is at the moment, and actually where Harvey Weinstein is um, <gasps> more recently. Yeah, so it's that big, obviously, it's the notorious New York prison. So of Rikers Prison, she has said, this place is not that bad at all, actually. People seem to think it's horrible, but I see it as like this kind of sociological experiment. She's also made friends. The murderers were the most interesting to her. There are a couple of get- girls here who have committed financial crimes as well. This one girl so Anna said this in an interview with Cut Magazine this one girl she's been stealing other people's identities I didn't realise it was so easy so Anna's getting a few ideas here for what she's going to do once she leaves prison she said she she said she has um, so basically she's gotten into a lot of trouble which surprised me with authority in Rikers and has been disciplined 30 times which means that she's now being held, which is crazy, given that her crimes are fairly like obviously fraud is a serious crime, but like they're they're not inherently violent. But she's actually being held in the maximum security section. <gasps> oh. 
maybe she has a bit of violence in her like you know well yeah she got into fights like she because she said that that she said in because she because she wanted basically she was really eager to sell the rights to her story and then she ran into a bit of trouble because you know of course you're not certainly in in new york state you're not supposed to profit from uh the result of your you're not supposed to profit from your crime so there's been a bit of kind of legal entanglement in terms of like she wants to sell the rights to her story and then she can't really make money off it but she's done all these interviews since she's gone to prison um but she has said like it's been widely reported anyway that she actually has gotten into fights but she said in one of these interviews well like people just test you so you obviously have to kind of proved to them that you're not just like some little girl in glasses who doesn't know what she's doing so she's actually been quite aggressive yeah it sounds like it so she's been disciplined 30 times and she actually spent a few weeks in solitary confinement over christmas ah yeah, so a city corrections official confirmed that she had indeed uh, 13 infractions for things like disobeying orders and fighting. Uh, so she said, Anna has said that she has achieved a measure of fame among other inmates because they see her as someone who cheated the rich. But she said that she doesn't support this kind of like Robin Hood characterization for herself. And then a great quote, I think, to end it on. Anna said this again to Cut Magazine. Money like there's an unlimited amount of capital in the world, you know, but there's limited amounts of people who are actually talented. I couldn't agree more. It's an interesting story, isn't it? It's mad. But where was where was she always getting all the money? Just banks, like. Well, I guess her fa- her parents funded her initially. So that's probably what funded the initial like $100 bills, drop it left, right and centre. And yeah. then she just she just blagged. She just blagged her way through all these financial institutions. And so many, particularly men in these financial yeah. institutions, just ended up looking really, really bad because they basically accepted her bullshit. And they all thought this $60 million golden egg was coming. So I better be nice to this girl now. And it was all just complete bullshit. Like, I honestly can't even get a hundred euro overdraft. Oh, I, no. I mean, look, yeah, of course. It goes without saying. So I have to say, in a way, I envy her. Well, it's hard. It's hard not to admire the chutzpah, but like you would feel bad for the likes of Rachel Williams, $62,000 in debt. And by the way, they've since actually cleared that loan for Rachel Williams, because obviously there was this big kind of. Yeah. So she's she's off the hook for that one. But it's just a mad story. Okay, so she'd taken out a loan to pay that back and they no I think it was the hotel cleared it because obviously this attracted a lot of attention yeah Yeah. so this this, so this was oh do you know what sorry it wasn't the hotel it was actually her credit card company um so this this whole case attracted a lot of attention so she was obviously she was getting a lot of sympathy and stuff so they were like listen clearly you've been victim to this fraudster so we'll just write it off but that is the story of Anna Delvey aka Anna Swarkin aka the fake heiress whoa that was that was mad it's pretty mad isn't it but like you feel like you know her as well like you feel like she's that girl in your school 
you know yeah. I think she just wanted she just wanted the power and she just wanted to be part of this elite clique um, and actually one thing which I thought was kind of funny one of the guys that she would have been hanging out with a lot and he was obviously like super wealthy super rich but he claimed after that he always knew something was up with Anna because when she would order scrambled eggs she would ask for them well done which he thought was really quite classless he thought he thought that was really common that you'd ask for that you'd ask for well done scrambled eggs and ever since I heard that I'm always like don't cook don't cook my eggs I didn't realize I didn't realize like runny eggs were basically an indicator as to my credit rating yeah but from now on yeah just give me them raw I think that's what you need to say to your bank, Fiona. Look, just so you know, like, I need this overdraft. And yeah. if you're in any doubt, like, I eat runny eggs. Or just quietly, as you're chatting to them, take out your flask, which is just oh, six scrambled eggs in the flask. And Can't they're raw. You're just like, sorry, I just parched. And they're like, oh, my God, I didn't realise this girl is actually Anglo-Irish gentry. Yeah, it's no problem. No, Fiona, you're doing a very interesting thing on YouTube these days. Do you want to do you want to tell us about it? Well, what it is is it's on it's on my Instagram live, but basically people can tell me what their favorite YouTube video is, and um, I'll put it on my story and give everyone a chance to go and watch it themselves, and then the next day we'll all have a chat about it. I love this idea. Yeah, in these boring times, you're um, looking for new stuff to pass the time or to look up. So it's basically gas YouTube video recommendations. And tell me, what is your Instagram handle for those of us that want to find this? It's Fiona Frawl. So Fiona W-L. I didn't bother with the last syllable because... um, Who's got the time? You're a busy girl. Yeah, and that is a sign of... um, Poverty. It's the same as the egg. If you do the second <laughs> syllable of your name. So no, look, you're as well off to dispense than in that case. And that's gonna be two o'clock, isn't it, every day on Instagram? Yeah, for the foreseeable. Fiona, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thanks for having me, Julie. Oh, and- always a pleasure, never a chore. Well, that was great. Sure, I'll And you're a gas, you're a gas woman, so please do go follow, follow Fiona Frawl. It's going to be on my bits and bobs anyway, the handle. But it's oh, Fiona wow. Frawl on Instagram. Check her out every day at two o'clock. Fiona, we'll chat to you real soon. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.